Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, powered by Anchor. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast in general. Also, portions of the live stream may be edited for podcast release. We appreciate your understanding. Good evening, one and all. It is Monday, uh, January, not Jan- oh, January. Oh, boy. It's Monday, folks, but it's Monday, August 24th, 2020. And this is the Extreme Matter Radio podcast powered by Anchor. Want to tune in and join us in the Extreme Matter chat room? Here's how you get information. Go to Linktree, that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash anime radio. And you can find information and join us there either using your own IRC client or the Jabbase client, Mivit. And you can also pick up our live stream, because we're live right now. And uh, before I get into anything else, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in uh, the real star of the show uh, before I embarrass myself any further. So without further ado, here's the boss man from Upper New York State. I'm the star of the show. Well, it ain't me, cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an interesting way to put it. Well, hey, you know, I mean, you know, United States and the Cowboys and the... uh, Oh, so that's where we're going. Okay. And I'm doing great, Neff. How are you? Well, you know, today was one of those last days of summer where you don't realize how warm it is until you open the car door. Because I park underground. You open the car door where you're going and it's like, boom, right in the face. In one of those days, huh? Yeah. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing okay up here. Um, I only have a couple of more weeks before I move back. But uh, the last two weeks are kind of getting a little hectic based on uh, what the calendar looks like. So 
Um, once again, folks, uh, we do apologize for changing the date again, but uh, I don't think I would have survived, uh, you know, doing a show like uh, this week or next week or whatever date I said. Um, so this will end up being the last show uh, before I move back home. And then uh, somewhere around the second part of September, we'll hopefully come back with a more regular podcasting schedule. Um, there are a few factors that play into that. Number one, work. And number two, uh, the possibility of uh, building a new computer when I get home. But that's not 100% certain. I don't know if I'm going to do it right away or if I'm going to wait a little while. Well, considering that you're playing Flight Simulator apparently very successfully on your laptop right now, I'd say it's not number one on your priority list, but it's up there. Oh, I think so. Um, I've been touting about Flight Simulator the last couple of shows and uh, been thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, I know other people haven't, and Flight Simulator has gone the way of the review bomb. Um, uh, just because, again, the hype, the hype, the hype, yes. reality. So the number one complaint of the review bombers, and just for 101, the review bomb is basically when you just vote zero or thumbs down on a product to bring particular attention to one item. And what is the item that people are bringing the most attention to? So people are complaining it's taking too long to download. Wow. It's 150 gigabytes. You're slamming maybe <laughs> maybe a few dozen servers. Everybody wants yeah. it at the same time. It's going to be slow, folks. Yes. So that's why I did mine overnight. Knock, knock, knock. Um, and uh, the complaint is um, not just with the download size, but with the mechanics behind it, especially on Steam. So mm. when you download the game... Uh, Steam downloads a one gigabyte installer, and that's from yeah. Microsoft Flight Simulator. Then Microsoft Flight Simulator runs the software, and then within that software, it downloads the game. So nothing on Steam gets tied up too much. So wherein lies the problem, do you think, Neff? My guess is that Microsoft has no way of knowing how much bandwidth to provide for the, all this. So basically, everybody is trying to run through, and I'll use an analogy here, folks, one door, a thousand people trying to enter that door at the same time, enter the chaos. Yes, and I think that's tied into the other issue. If you buy a game on Steam and you play it more than a certain number of hours, I think it's either two hours or four hours, that makes you ineligible to receive a refund if anything goes wrong. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, run the software, you're downloading, you're downloading, you're downloading, and you can't get a refund anymore. Yeah, I could, I could see people, you know, having a problem with that. <laughs> Uh, Flax in the chat room saying it's like uninstall. Well, yeah. Okay, we got an answer for. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Shad. Uh, it's uh, two hours. Two hours is the steam limit. Okay, which really, if you actually do a long flight in Flight Simulator, yeah, I could see you losing two hours pretty quickly. 
Right. So I had to overcome a few initial hurdles because um, after I downloaded the software, it, it turned out that I, as uh, as well as many others, did not have access for some reason to the premium content that we had paid extra for. So we just got the standard version, and uh, we had to wait until uh, Microsoft and Asobo cleared a bug to download the rest, which were extra planes and extra handcrafted airports. Ah, yes, Microsoft and bugs. Like peanut butter and jelly, they go so well together. (laughs) And then we get into the meat and potatoes of the game. On a laptop, it runs surprisingly well. The graphics aren't very detailed as I would expect, but the frame rate is pretty good. Uh, Once again, my laptop is a Dell G7, so it's got a pretty good uh, size uh, graphics card. Again, it's for mobile purposes, and a mobile CPU. So under those constraints, I believe, it functions pretty well. Um, The aircraft mechanics are a little to be desired, though, and that is also on the uh, debug plate for uh, the publisher. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question. I know in previous versions of Microsoft Flight Simulator back in the Stone Age, you were able to find out how many frames per second you were actually getting. Are you mm. able to do that with this version at all? Um, you know what? I don't think so, although there are ways I can try to find that out. I do still have NVIDIA um, software that I could run to tell me the frame rate, which I haven't done yet, but that's a very good question. Yeah, because um, in theory... A minimum minimum should be thirty frame rate thirty frames per second. Minimum. Right. Anything above that is gravy. Right. You know. So my um my um settings are set to sixty frames per second to try to match sixty frames per second as best as possible. So that's where maybe I think the graphics is just a little subpar because it's catching up to sixty frames. It still looks quite good. Um, flying around though reminds me of you know some of the time when I flew the previous version of Flight Simulator, um, which was FSX, I believe. Um, There are some issues. Um, If you try to pilot a jetliner a long distance, it's a little bit difficult because uh, the autopilot on the jetliners, as well as most of the aircraft, doesn't function exactly well. And... Unless you're going to have your hands on a gamepad or a joystick for a five-hour transcontinental flight, autopilot is something you really need to have. Unfortunately, there are several instances reported within the community, whereas when you turn on the autopilot, even if you think you've set the autopilot, it's just going to go into a nosedive. Okay, so the equivalent would be you set the cruise control in your car, you set it for, say, 65 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden, nothing. It steers you off to the shoulder, basically, and and then some. I was going to (laughs) say, older cruise control wouldn't do that. The cruise control in my car certainly would if it got (laughs) wonky. And uh, before I forget, we have a special guest in our uh, chat room. Uh, Emma Castiel has apparently joined us. Oh, hi, Emma. Hello. It's very late for her, I believe. If, uh, Again. 
Yes. <laughs> I'm going, okay, she she can stay up later than I can these days. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you, Emma, once again for joining us. She is one of the cosplayers of Extreme Anime Radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida. And we keep saying it all the time. Um, the people behind Sarah Yoshida, including the cosplayers and the artists, do a tremendous job. And we... Thank them all so much for sticking with us through thick and thin, even as this now becomes a podcast. Uh, the community uh, behind Sarah Yoshida is still strong. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And welcome, Emma. And thank you for listening to us again. Um, I've been asked by a couple of my friends to do international flights. So as soon as I get the hang of these short hops and these airliners, I think that will be next on the horizon. But there's another issue, Neff. Air Uh-oh. traffic control. Uh-oh. What now? Yes. Air traffic control, uh, you know, if you file what they call an instrument flight plan in the flight simulator, you have to follow the instructions of air traffic control, which will vector you to a landing or to your um, departure point. And if you're cruising, it will t- typically leave you alone. So today I flew a short flight from uh, in the flight simulator, Chicago O'Hare to Denver. And at some point, the ATC stopped responding. And I kept on going straight and straight. I buzzed over Denver. I kept going straight and straight, and I didn't hear anything. I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? Okay, so the air traffic controllers, what? They all got fired or something? Like, what the <laughs> heck? Yeah, Ronald Reagan uh, intervened, right? Yeah, okay. Old dated reference, folks, for us old dated people. 1981, uh, air traffic controls went on strike in the United States. Ronald Reagan responded with, oh, yeah, you're fired. (laughs) My response to that was, you can't just pull pull someone off the street and make them an air traffic controller. Yeah. Apparently, they did that in the game. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was the good thing about the game for some who may think, and even Alva told me this. What about those parts of the game where you're just sitting in cruising altitude and life gets boring? Well, you have two options. I've heard stories of general aviation pilots, you know, just relaxing, you know, um, flying under the instruments and just turning on their radio at cruise altitude. So maybe you could listen to uh, online radio, streaming radio, uh, as you keep on uh, cruising to wherever you're going, however many minutes or hours that is. There are also ways you can speed up time in the game. Um, I think you can speed it up uh, supposedly to like 16 times. Um, but if you're flying autopilot, uh, anything above four, and the aircraft starts to gyrate up and down a little bit. Um, yeah, we're gonna leave it at that, I think. But that kind of reminds me of the old flight simulator where that same problem existed, flying over four times speed. Okay, I'm gonna ask this question just because I can. In the deluxe version of this game, do they at least give you an air sickness bag for this? No, there are some planes actually that come with the virtual uh, oxygen masks, so you can access those if you want. Well, oxygen masks really won't help you when you're going like up and down. And yeah. if if you dump the pressurized cabin, then you have to put those on. Okay, if you 
like, okay, I mean, obviously you could do this in this game, but I was thinking, okay, why would I deliberately dump the pressurized air in the cabin? <laughs> Except if I want to, you know, maybe uh, reenact that scene from Goldfinger. You know, mm-hmm. when the, the window gets shot out and Goldfinger goes on his final, you know, flight, while <laughs> the plane goes, mm, like this. Yes. <laughs> sort of, I guess. Yeah. Mm. But um, then the other issue comes with uh, air traffic control and the game suggesting a route that is not proper. Define not proper. The, the, the next uh, trip that I took, and I had to do this twice because... Well, I'll tell you what happened the first time. Um, I fly instrument rules uh, from Denver to um, a um, an airport which is located near Buena Vista, Colorado. It's a relatively short flight in a propeller plane. So the um, the flight planner suggests a particular route at a maximum altitude of. I want to say it was 12,000 feet. Now, remember, this is Colorado. Mm-hmm. What does Colorado have a lot of? Mountains, I believe. Yes. So what happens when I take off and fly in this direction at 12,000 feet? Air traffic control vectors my aircraft right into a mountain. <laughs> This is when the air traffic controller goes, goes uh, I'm going to go for lunch now. See you in a bit. <laughs> and I, I, I could have pulled up and just overridden stuff, but I was kind of interested in seeing, how would this turn out? All of a sudden, my aircraft runs into the mountain. You get a black screen and you get a pop-up. Your, your aircraft has crashed into a mountain and has suffered critical damage. Okay, wait a minute. No, no, no. If you see a mountain in your view screen, <laughs> I think you know how this is going to end if you don't change course. So, ergo to plan B, I'll just say to heck with ATC, I'll just fly what they call visual flight rules, which for the most part means you don't have to follow ATC rules as long as you can look out your aircraft, it's clear, and you can maintain separation from any other aircraft in the air then you can just fly to your destination without having to talk to air traffic control, which is what I did. I took out my little handy-dandy visual flight rules or VFR chart. It tells you the minimum recommended altitude for certain regions or wherever you fly. So remember, ATC uh, or the flight planner initially vectored me to 12,000 feet. The minimum safe altitude on my journey was 14,500 feet. Oops. <laughs> Two and a half thousand feet is more than a little bit of a difference, okay? Yes. So I uh, ended up making up my own waypoints. I flew up to 16,500 feet, which is like the upper limits uh, before you have to go all instruments. Mm. And then I overflew the airport. I kind of circled around to lose uh, altitude. And then came in for a landing. It was a little tricky because the airport is just surrounded by mountains all over the place. Oh, one of those. Yeah. I, I've ridden in a plane that has to go in and out of an airport like that. Let's just Uh-oh. say it could be a change your shorts moment if you're not careful. <laughs> if, you don't know what you, if you don't know what to expect. Yeah. So those are my trials and tribulations so far with Flight Simulator. And uh, 
I'll keep you guys posted uh, with uh, my future adventures. Uh, again, hopefully once I get uh, a new PC built, it's going to look amazing. Um, something else I'm considering, although I don't know if it's in the budget or not, is that if I if I should actually get myself a proper computer desk, because um, you've been to my house, Neff, a few times. You mm. know the current one that I have. Yep. It has a certain space for a monitor, but it was kind of built in the era of CRTs. Yeah, which means it doesn't really have a big, expansive space if you want to get big and expensive with your monitor going widthwise. Right. So if I really want to get a nice monitor, then I'm going to probably have to invest in some sort of new space. So that's why this whole process has to wait at least until I get home. Like, I really want to get home and try this out and see what see what I can do with this. Now, I'm going to ask the, the obvious question in my mind. Anyway, where's your nearest Ikea? <laughs> uh, Red Hook, Brooklyn, I think. It's Oof. quite a, it's a little bit of a ways. I was going to say, compared to me, where it's like within a half hour, well, 20 minutes, I've got about three of them. But the, okay. only reason, the only reason I say that is because that's where you'll find all sorts of desks for your, you know... Just, you just have to. I don't imagine. Although, from some of the news reports I'm seeing, uh, it may be hard to get into some IKEAs right now. Yeah, well, with the social distancing rules, etc., it's kind of a challenge. I mean, even mm -hmm. at the best of times, an IKEA is basically a maze, and you're the rat. Mm. I, I mean, they do that deliberately. They make sure that you have to go through every section. Of their store. Right. The time to keep in. everything one way. Yeah. But also to make sure that you actually look at everything. Because you're like, oh, I'm coming for this thing. Then you walk along and go, oh, Swedish meatballs are on sale. Plop, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> as you, you know, go down the right. pike. That's what they do at the uh, Target up here. They make you walk down to the middle of the store at least before you, you know, go across and do whatever business you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the local grocery store has installed those arrows, et cetera, and it's like, okay, fine. It just means, you know, skipping a couple of aisles and maybe doing some quick, you know, turnbacks. Because it's like, I really don't want to go through the, the the product aisles where it's like baby food. I don't need baby <laughs> food, thank you very much. <laughs> um, and speaking of... Uh... Speaking of social distancing and all, uh, let's uh, talk a little, Neff, about uh, some news coming out of Japan, because we talk about anime and Japanese culture here on the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. We figure out some way to get into that. Um, reports came in late last week from NHK and the New York Times saying that... Uh, the Japanese government is going to, in their words, bow down to pressure from the international community and possibly as early as next month reopen their borders to um, expats and uh, short-term business travelers. Now, I'm curious as to know where most of the pressure is coming from. I have a few ideas, but I'm just going... I'm not surprised that they're being overly cautious. I mean, mm -hmm. look at Canada. Right. Basically, if you can come in at all, you're quarantined for 14 days. 
Right. And if you break quarantine, you can and will be arrested and charged. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the fine is up to 10,000 Canadian. Wow. In Japan, it's it's not that way, I think. The best they can do is sort of request that you, you know, go uh, undergo quarantine, but uh, I don't think you face any legal sanctions if you break it. Mm. And I think those are just the way the Japanese laws are written. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised because I would have thought that they would have thrown in the financial penalty, penalty as well just to make absolutely sure that you, you know, right. do what you're supposed to do. Right. But um, it was not specific as to, you know, who or what uh, uh, may have pressured Japan into reopening the borders this way. But over the last few weeks and months, there have seemed to be a lot of uh, blowback from expats who live in Japan and have been trying to go back and unable to do so because Japan won't let them back in, even though they hold uh, resident visas. Mm. Yeah, like I say, I mean, the problem is it's that delicate balance of, look, we know that we can control ourselves right? because, because our numbers are relatively stable. The mm-hmm. problem is there are other countries where control, they can barely spell the word. Never mind actually, you know, <laughs> do the, the things necessary to keep this virus at least, you know, somewhat contained. Right. But, uh, yeah, the news is uh, as early as next month, although uh, the government hasn't said anything official. Uh, if NHK and the New York Times reported it, I think uh, we got to hold a little bit of truth in that. Um, so yes, as long as you go through the same entry procedures that Japanese nationals go through, you get tested for coronavirus when you land. Uh, it's a rapid test, as we mentioned earlier. Now you get the results in a matter of hours. You just wait at the airport until you're cleared, and then you quarantine for two weeks, uh, either at the hotel or if you, if you're a permanent resident, and if you have a place that you reside in, you can just quarantine there. Mm. Yeah, so base, so somewhat similar to Canada in that respect. Right. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the U.S. is still dealing with COVID, and if you're living in a certain part of the U.S. right now, you're also possibly facing a, a potential one-two punch uh, coming through the Gulf of Mexico these next few days. Yeah, I, I was looking at the at that whole thing. If I understand this properly, this is two typhoons that have apparently sort of are merging? Uh, Almost. I think one is faster than the other, and one's going to hit land sooner than the other by, like, maybe a few days. That was the last I heard anyway. Oof. I'm going, okay, to use a Dragon Ball Z reference, we've got a fusion going on, but a very bad (laughs) one. Yipe! Yeah. um, It's uh, like one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, I guess. This is 2020. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I think you're just like me. We just want uh, Christmas to come over and around and uh, or, the, or the holidays, depending on whatever you, you guys celebrate. Um, and, uh, you know, we uh, this way we can feel like a little more calmer around that point. And then we can just say sayonara to 2020. 
Sayonara, put it in a dumpster, set it on fire. No, wait a minute. It's already on fire. That'd be redundant. <laughs> yeah, but 2020 can, can just go away. <laughs> well, um, we have some more stuff to talk about with regards to Japan. Uh, Neff has some more manga. I'm going to make a little bit of a gripe about uh, Ace of Diamond because it keeps dragging and dragging and dragging. But we'll get to that after we take this quick commercial break, Neff. You mean like a, a real baseball game? <laughs> <laughs> and with or that, it's either dragging or not happening at all. But yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. All right, we'll see you folks in about a minute here on the Extreme on Radio Podcast. Welcome back to the Extreme Monorail Podcast. I'm Nef Canuck, and he's JR. Welcome back to the podcast, folks. Um, once again, uh, this is going to be the last podcast for a few weeks. Um, after I move back uh, home and settle down and whatnot, we'll hopefully go back to a regular schedule with the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Um, we don't know if uh, we're going to go back to Wednesdays or continue doing it on Mondays. Um, we'll figure that out and let you guys know. Uh, once again, as Neff mentioned, uh, we have a link tree. So if you want to access all the links pertaining to Extreme Anime Radio and to the podcast, you can go to linktree slash anime radio, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash anime radio. If you also go to our social media pages, to our podcast page at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio or even to our homepage anime radio.net you will see a link to the link tree you can just click there and it will give you all the options there if you'd like to help uh, defray um, what operating expenses we have for the podcast you have a few ways to do that um, we're offering um PayPal uh, contributions as we normally have. So if you want to do a PayPal contribution, uh, go to the link tree and scroll down to the bottom and you'll see a link there to uh, donate via PayPal. We've also started uh, something new on the uh, Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. And it's called listener support. So the way listener support works is that uh, if you have a major credit card, um, you can um, donate uh, a certain amount of money per month uh, to the podcast. Um, I believe the, an uh, the anchor payments uh, options right now, you can donate $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. Uh, they go through Stripe, and um, you can cancel... Your uh, listener support at any time, either by contacting Anchor by email or um, when you get the confirmation, when you sign up, there'll be a link that you can access if you want to modify or cancel your subscription. So uh, there are several ways you can um, help out uh, the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Uh, we still have some expenses that we incur from um, the, primarily the... Um, 
the stream that we're using for our live shows. So um, any and all support that you can give us would be much appreciated. Um, Emma Castiel and some of the other Sarah cosplayers are also uh, talking about um, uh, more uh, incentives perhaps to um, donate to help keep the Extreme Anime Radio podcast uh, flourishing. So um, we'll hopefully uh, discuss more about that uh, at the very least after I uh, come back uh, and after the podcast comes back from its hiatus. So please continue to stay tuned to our social media pages uh, for more information. Uh, So, Neff, yes, I was talking about Ace of Diamond and how, yeah, you kind of made the joke there as we went to break. Uh, dragging on and on and on are not happening at all. Yeah, sorry, but you know, you you watch baseball, real life baseball, as it plays out, right. it doesn't, and you're just going, oh boy. Right. I believe um, after I finished my flights and flights simulator, I tried to get through five or six episodes of Ace of Diamond while I was doing my laundry over here. So the first episode I watch, uh, 30-something I'm up to, uh, is the start of a new game in the story. After watching five or six episodes, they're only in the eighth inning. Like, wow. And it follows kind of like a standard structure. Uh, You start, it kind of recaps some of what happened in the previous episode. You go to the open. And then you have a, you get the feeling as you're, you know, following the story of where they take the commercial break. And I'm sure you've seen animes like this, Neff, and I'm sure our listeners are, have seen these as well. You get to a certain point in the story, you get to a climactic point, and then everything you've seen in the last 30 to 60 seconds gets repeated. Because uh, uh, we've yes. just come back from our commercial break. Exactly. I was going to say that that's how you, you know, have that. It's like, wait a minute, that's cheap. That's lazy. That's brilliant, actually. Yeah. I kind of miss those eye catches we grew up with, uh, you know, like Sailor Moon, those interludes that tell you, you, you know, that you're in a commercial. Now, at least with, I know Ace of Diamond is pretty old still by our standards now. But uh, yes, just keep repeating what just happened. And uh, you know, it kind of uh, kind of slows things down. There's, it, it takes the amount of time to tell the story and kind of minimizes it a bit. Mm, yeah. So, so the new fresh content isn't quite as much as you would expect in a new episode, right? <sighs> yeah. So, it's one of those things where I think some anime do that deliberately. Some just stumble into it, and I'm not sure what's worse when you do it deliberately knowing that you're literally, I'm going to use an air quote here, folks, cheating, you know, (laughs) your, your viewers by saying, okay, out of a 23 minute episode, say you lose about five minutes to recaps at the beginning, in the middle and at the end. Yes. Oh, and another interesting thing when I was watching a few days ago, they were getting to the climactic point of the previous baseball game in the story. You know, before, mm-hmm. like, um, Salamura takes the mound for his big moment. And right at that moment, let's take one episode to recap everything from the beginning. Okay. 
the recap episode. <laughs> I loathe the whole idea. It's just saying we've run out of time. We can't put together a new episode. So let's recap everything. Yes. Now, if you do it once in, say, a 26-episode series, I can see that. You do it around yes. episode 13, 14. Mm-hmm. But when you do it, every seven freaking episodes, I've had that many, <laughs> every seven episodes, Gundam Seed was one of the one of the, the things that did that. Oh yeah, you're just like, okay, come on, no, 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 no. this is baloney, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was an interesting placement for that, uh, and I can understand it going both ways. Your recap episodes, like we really have to sit through one of these, but. If you've been sitting through 30 or 40 episodes and kind of need a refresher of what's going on, then maybe it's understandable to have one of these type of episodes happen. Yeah, and again, if a sufficient amount of time has passed, I don't necessarily begrudge them. It's when they use it, like I said, seventh episode. I had one anime on a a 13-episode anime. They did a recap episode. The fourth episode was the recap. Oh, they're they're that desperate. It's like you didn't have that much action in the first three to start with. (laughs) And you're doing a recap. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, again, the the timing is also another thing. It's like in the middle of uh, the big storyline, you don't wait until, you know, there's a break or one story is finished. Another story begins like, uh, yeah, well, I mean, again, that's par for the course where they're like, okay, if we need to do an episode like that, we need to do it like now. Like sometimes right. it's because they literally have run out of time. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that literally this thing has been slapped together, you know, out of bits and bobs to, to come up with an episode. And you're just mm-hmm. going, okay, somebody ran out of time and they're just, you know, filler, filler, filler at this point. Uh, emma castiel i'm a brie welcome back to the uh, chat room once again if you want to access the chat room for our live shows whenever we are on the air live uh again go to the link tree and uh, you will see um uh, links to the web clients uh and mebit um or alternatively um we also post instructions uh on facebook now if you want to access the IRC chat uh, with whatever client you have on your computer, just plug in the uh, the site, the port number, and the channel name, and uh, you're joining all the fun and excitement in a jiffy. Uh, Neff, uh, what do you have in the manga department uh, as of late? Okay, Shonen Jump, the weekly the weekly uh, uh, app, offers mm-hmm. you some very interesting stories. Now, if I give you the title, just the title of a particular particular manga, I want to get your reaction. Okay? Okay. Interesting. Well, a lot of manga have interesting titles, don't they? Hard-Boiled Cop and Dolphin. Hard-Boiled Cop and Dolphin. Yeah. Okay. Now, folks, (laughs) he literally paused, and I thought for half a second the screen froze. But literally, that is the name of this manga. Take a Tokyo hard-boiled detective. 
Okay. Uh huh. Like this guy, this guy is like the Japanese equivalent of Dirty Harry, basically. <laughs> so, punt him to a remote Japanese island. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's now stationed there. He is, I think, of the entire thing. He's like the the fifth cop there for this entire island. <laughs> His partner is an anthropomorphic dolphin. <laughs> That wears a suit that has hands and walks and yeah. And what year is this set? They don't actually specify, but based on everything else, I'm saying it's pretty much now. And so I'm going 2020, <laughs> a walking, talking dolphin. Yeah, par for the course. Just par for the course. I give up. <laughs> Well, alternate realities are a norm, right? So yeah, yeah, but it's like, wait a minute. Okay, my seafood generally doesn't talk and walk, <laughs> and you know, punch me out if it's angry with me. <laughs> so if you if you have the Shonen Jump app, folks, the weekly, uh, the the monthly subscription, I'm not sure if that's one of the free titles. I think it is. So what will happen is you get the, the the current week and maybe the week before free. Uh-huh. And if you need to go back further, you have to pay the monthly subscription fee, which is okay. cheap. But right. that's one of those where you read it and you just keep reading. And you're just going, okay, this author really, really, really wants to see if your brain is going to snap before, you know, too long. Because just oh, when wow. you think you couldn't get any crazier, it does. I mean... One of the protagonists is an octopus that somehow becomes human. That kind of reminds me of Ponyo in a way. Maybe, maybe that's their maybe that's their inspiration. But Ponyo, <laughs> exactly. with, Ponyo with guns and explosions. <laughs> I'm not sure that's you know that's the same thing. Oh boy, Miyazaki will be rolling his eyes. And, you know, and cracking his knuckles and going, hey, well, <laughs> leave my stuff alone here. Yes. Mm. Speaking of Miyazaki, um, I don't know if I mentioned this before. Uh, but you have the time to download the NHK uh, Japan app. Uh, I highly recommend you do so. Uh, or you can access it on the web. Um, NHK World Japan's video on demand service has wonderful shows that you can look at. Uh, one of which is a four-part documentary series where uh, one NHK producer with a camera follows Miyazaki around for several years. Now, that would be interesting. Mm. I think I've seen uh, three out of the four so far. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so you go into his secluded residence, follow him around with his daily life, and then he goes into the studio works on various projects and whatnot so so it's the anime equivalent therefore of the michael jackson bio i would bio almost bio. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well i only saw bits and pieces of, of the michael jackson thing but i think the miyazaki thing would be frankly a lot more interesting oh yeah he, he likes to complain a lot <laughs> when you accomplish as much as he has and you've been yeah. around as long as he has guess what you have carte blanche to complain about a lot of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, 
So yeah, um, yeah, Ponyo with guns. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> interesting it, comparison it, there. It's like, wait a minute, you, you now you're hearing the music from Ponyo at gunfire in the background. And you're like, and explosions. And you're like, no, 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 no. That doesn't. <laughs> that's not good. Oh, we have a message from Emma Castiel. Ooh, what would that? She's mean? now a Jedi in Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh. Captain Tonu Windu Jedi. Oh, dear. I didn't know that Jedi was actually a suffix. Well, you know, when it comes to the Star Wars fandom, I'm like, okay, right, sure. I'm confused. (laughs) I mean, it's well, congratulations, Emma. But yeah, that's that's just uh, that just picked my curiosity there. Hmm. Yeah, and somebody mentioned um, a, and I only want to mention this because it actually leads to a question. Um, as you may know, Jr. Uh, the manga, not the artist, but the uh, the author for the Act Age manga, was arrested mm-hmm. for. I'm going to only say very, very, very inappropriate things. Uh oh. Yeah, and in response. The publishers dropped the manga, mm-hmm. which was almost about to end, and has pulled the physical manga and is in the process of pulling the electronic manga as well. Uh. Now, here's the issue or question I have. Uh-huh. Because if you're buying the physical manga, of course, you have it forever, right? Right. They can pull the digital manga if they want to. Now, I don't know if they're going to do that. I haven't, I haven't Interesting. Heard. I haven't heard. I do know as of early this week, it was still showing up as available to read in the Shonen Jump app. Now, right. I, I once tried to read a couple chapters of this particular manga, Act Age. I, it wasn't anything I was interested in. But right. my question is, if you've bought the, the digital copies, would they be crazy enough to try and yank it? Because then, arguably, you've paid for something, and then that was taken away from you. It was taken away. So either you get a refund, or wait a minute—you've just been, you know, had your pocket picked. Right. I I, I think. Uh, well, my opinion is this being kind of a special circumstance. I think it would be more prudent if they were to give you the option. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Some people would say, and I've I've heard this said, and I'm I'm not a fan of this idea. You have to separate the artist from the art. But here's mm-hmm. the problem: once an artist does something that heinous, right. no, 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 there's no separation no more. You know, mm-hmm. you you you've you've passed you've passed the line, and you're off in another I zone. See. But like I said, it just brings to me it just brings to mind the whole issue of if you buy something electronic you mm-hmm. know whether it be a music file whether it be a manga etc what are you buying and is it permanent because amazon for a completely different series has pulled mm-hmm. volumes of another series that they have now deemed inappropriate but they've been selling it for months and years right but apparently because of some of the, well the depictions of I think it's minor children that they have an issue with, which I agree right. with. But the point being, they've been selling it for so long, and now all of a sudden, yoink, and 
again, you've bought it, at least electronically. Will they be able to yank it without compensation? Yeah. And does, and does this mean that you're better off buying the physical copy because last I checked, they don't come to your home and take away the book. Exactly. Yeah. They can remotely press a button, click, and off off it comes off your iPad or your whatever. Right. It's it's one of those slippery slope things. Right. Now, I, I if if it was me, I would give them the option of uh, you know, do you want to get a refund or not, and we won't take it away because you bought it in the first place already. Mm. Yeah. Well, you, you're providing the rational response. Right. Rational responses these days. Uh, I wish I could say I wish I could say they were not rare, but I think they are, or they're getting there. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah. You know, this also reminds me. Um, a few years ago, when I uh, had my iPhone, well, I, I'm not sure if it was this iPhone or the one I had before this one. Um, I had purchased and downloaded. Uh, some Japanese music that was being sold in the American iTunes store at the time. Um, I guess they don't sell those uh, songs anymore. Uh, and at the time, it was time for the big iOS upgrade. For some reason, after the iOS upgrade, and I resynced my account, because back then you still synced up your phone to your computer and iTunes and everything. Mm -hmm. I don't think you do that as much anymore. But after that happened, all those Japanese songs, gone. Okay, that would be disturbing. And those tracks that I purchased are no longer listed if you try to search for them in iTunes. And they were probably purchased so long ago that it wouldn't have been possible to even make an MP3 copy of them as a backup. Right. Now, they might still sit on my very old desktop, mm. which uh, is pretty old, and I can't remember the last time I ever synced the phone there. Because now all my backups are done on the cloud. There's no need for iTunes unless there's like a big emergency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I mean, that's the whole problem with digital licensing. Mm -hmm. It can get yanked at the click of a button, either deliberately right. or accidentally. Uh -huh. So I have always, you know, there is that part of me that goes, wouldn't you rather have the physical thing? Mm -hmm. But And then I realize, on the other hand, yeah, but I don't have space for all the physical things I'd like to buy. <laughs> because, and I say this only semi-jokingly, if I had all, for example, the manga that I have on my iPad in physical copies, I think half of this room that I'm sitting in right now, and you've seen it, would, oh, have, yeah. would have manga piled in it. Oh, yeah. Because you know, there are that many copies, that many things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's one of those convenience versus permanence things. But even having mm. a physical copy is no guarantee because some of the physical copies, after a certain number of years literally fall apart. Yes, and then when you go the next generation, they're probably useless. Yeah, e exactly, because, like, for example, and I'm going to date myself here, folks, again. <laughs> uh, Sailor Moon, the very first translation by what was then called Nixine, 
they did <laughs> little flopped mangas from them. Call them mangas, <laughs> but I'm not sure you could. But anyways. So anyway, the point being that particular volumes, after all these years, you open them, the spine goes snap, and pages go <laughs> flying. Oh, no. So you're like, yeah, I'm not opening that anymore. <laughs> put, it, put it back where you found. Put it back where you pulled it out of, and just don't touch it again. Hmm. Yeah. Lots of uh, lots of history going back with that, I guess. Hmm. And like I said, there is only unfortunately there is nothing that is permanent in life. Hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things where you're like going. Eh. It's either you get it now, you get it later. You either yank get it yanked now or you get it yanked later just by old age. Or or you don't get it at all. <laughs> That's the other option. If you stream it, you don't have to worry about it until the streaming license gets pulled. Exactly. Mm. Um before we go uh, uh and finish the show Neff, I did promise our followers uh a little code that I'm going to share uh right now. Uh, for those of you who play Animal Crossing New Horizons, like I do, uh, there's a way that you can create custom designs uh, of items so you can generate flags and clothing and, uh, you know, um, you can put it on some sort of furniture, that sort of thing, to help customize your island. Well, somebody who we are now working with again, uh, Strawberry Chew Studio, um, Remember Chu Neff? Uh, she mm-hmm. did a lot of amazing artwork over the course of a few years for us. Yep. Um, she's working with us again now, and um, hopefully she'll be uh, coming out um, with new Sarah art once um, she's back open for commissions. But um, she did put together something uh, for the Extreme Anime Radio uh, loyal fan base. And that is a custom design of Sarah Yoshida's face. So if you want to plant a flag of Sarah Yoshida all over your Animal Crossing New Horizons island, you can. Um, We're going to give you the code. I'm going to say it a couple of times here. And I'm also going to post the code in the uh, chat room. So um, I've posted it there now. The Crossing uh, the Animal Crossing code. If you go to um, your Able Sisters shop in Animal Crossing and you go to the kiosk in the back of the shop, you can enter this uh, design code. Um, the design is M zero or M O, I should say. It starts with M O, and then the code is nine zero two M dash X zero nine one dash one four nine q so if you want to write that down i'll give you a minute to get a pen and paper but yes it, it kind of sounds like we're redeeming a um a virtual gift card here mm. but no this is for sarah yoshida's face which uh, strawberry chew drew so again um the code it starts with m o and then it's nine zero two m as in mike x as an X-ray, zero nine one one four nine Q, as in the uh, province that sits next to Neff. Ah, uh, yes, Quebec. Because <laughs> you don't um, say Quebec. 
No, he's CQ back. <laughs> but um, so that's the code. Um, and I'm going to post the code to our social media outlets uh, probably tomorrow or Wednesday. So all of you with Animal Crossing New Horizons will be able to um, get the code free of charge. Just enter the code and save it in one of your custom design slots. And then you can use that design for whatever you want. Again, uh, a new flag for your island, um, something that you can wear like a T-shirt, or just uh, make um, table mats with Sariyoshida's face on your uh, dining table on the island if you want. Or if you want to re- reenact that scene from End of Evangelion, <laughs> you know the scene I'm talking about, right? Oh, no. Refresh my memory. Uh, that would be the the giant ray floating, you know, in in the in the horizon. Uh huh. You know the, the giant the giant ray. All I can think of is just like Sariyoshi's face sitting there, you know, in the, in the horizon. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, now. yes. And again, I'm dating myself, folks, but I thought it was a funny reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. I I still have not watched anything other than the original Evangelion and, and a couple of the movies I've I've never seen. Uh, you cannot advance. You cannot redo whatever they're called. <laughs> I have not seen the new movies. And of the original series, like I said, I've said it before, I got to around episode eight. The German Hellion showed up, got on my nerves, and it was the end of it. <laughs> you know, and the funny part is... I met the American voice actress for for Asuka back in the day, who speaks right. you know great German, etc. And it's just uh, like you know, I love your work, but the character just made me want to you know just ah, just run away, <laughs> run away screaming or you know commit commit homicide. <laughs> oh man! Well, um, with that out of the way, folks, it's time to bring an end to our podcast and uh, the conclusion of our summer shows. Uh, here on the uh, Extreme Anime Radio podcast as well. Uh, first and foremost, to thank you, Nef Canuck, for everything you do to help everybody out and to help me out particularly and for hosting uh, these podcasts over the summer. No, always happy to help, JR. And, you know, it, it, gives me, it gives me great pleasure to try and entertain folks. I mean, I may not do it very well, but you, of course, do it excellently as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, well thank you very much and uh, I always try my best I'm never perfect nobody's perfect but uh, I hope you guys enjoy uh, the content we bring to you on each and every podcast um, so we're going to be on hiatus for a few weeks and we're going to see maybe uh, Neff if I put this computer together it all falls apart You will have you keep hosting for a while who knows well let's put it this way remember the, remember the trick Put it together, test it first. Don't do a Microsoft right. and try to do it, you know, let's just do it right now, brand new, push the button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another shout out uh, is going to be uh, to an interesting audience who uh, they, these particular people listen from time to time. Uh, they are my parents. And um, one of the reasons I am taking off uh, is because of them. Uh, yesterday was my dad's birthday. Happy belated birthday. Um, and as soon as I return, that week I return from uh, my summer job, they will be celebrating my parents' their 50th wedding anniversary. 
It is a tremendous milestone. They were born. Uh, they were born. Their marriage was born. We'll put it that way. September twelfth, nineteen seventy. Which this is the gold. Fifty is golden, right? Correct. Okay, I do remember that. Yes, fifty is a golden anniversary, and it's going to be a special moment for them. Um, they were going to celebrate uh, with a little bit of a trip, but uh, obviously with COVID, it's not happening. So um, the least I can do is to wish my parents uh, on the air uh, a very happy and blessed um, 50th wedding anniversary because this will be the last show we do before that happens. So thank you guys for always being around for me. Uh, putting up with me uh, in the years that I've been involved with the uh, extreme anime radio, really appreciate it. And um, we hope that uh, we'll make your 50th wedding anniversary as special as we possibly can uh, with everything going on. Anything you'd like to add, sir? Yes. Uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting JR's parents multiple times. Wonderful people, very welcoming you know, and uh, more than accommodating to the strange Canadian who does strange Canadian things. So mm -hmm. to them, I say congratulations on your 50th wedding anniversary. It is quite the milestone, and may you have many more anniversaries to come. Yes. I told them uh, one day I got to bring them to Japan, and they're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you could introduce them gently, you know. Gently. Right. Right. It's not like you drop them off in the middle of Akihabara and say, have fun. <laughs> oh, there are a couple of more big stores closing in Akihabara. If you say Don Quixote's closing, I'm not going to be happy. No, no. Um, this is, uh, we're going to look at uh, Sukumo Akihabara Ekimaya, which is an electronic store, very well known, with the uh, glass escalators just sitting outside of Akihabara train station. That's closing. Oh, did we go there? I'm trying to remember. We might have. Yeah, because I, I seem to remember an electronic store. It was like, keep the credit card in. Don't, don't, no, don't, don't, don't. I had to keep you <laughs> in. No, 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 don't do it. But uh, it's another one of the iconic flagship Akihabara stores that's being closed amid the coronavirus pandemic and all these companies in Japan restructuring and whatnot. So another big blow to the area. Mm. You see, the problem is, of course, everybody's ordering things online. There's not much need to go out and display right. your wares. Right. I mean, look at look at what's happened now with all the big electronic reveals and, that are supposed to be happening or would have happened in person and just aren't. Right. You know? mm -hmm. That includes uh, a certain fruit company who may or may not be introducing their latest products in September or October. <laughs> that, that hasn't been confirmed yet, folks, but they normally around this time of year are going, we want your money, hand it over now. So, which means I should uh, probably won't, but I should be ordering a new phone now is what you're saying, because it will probably be stable compared to the newer phones, which are generally unstable for a few months. Well, yes and no. And I say that because the problem is they update the software for these newer phones, which invariably mm -hmm. causes problems on the older phones anyway. Mm. I mean, that's I'm a good point. Yeah. I'm looking at my phone and I'm going, it's physically okay, except for the battery. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. The battery's <laughs> starting to show, you know, that it's nearly two years old now, and it's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> well, um, yeah, one, hopefully one day I can bring him to Japan. I think I think the most important thing they have to put up with is the 14-hour flight. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. Uh, take it from somebody who's done it in coach. It, it's not fun in coach. Yeah, I, I remember I've done it in coach a couple of round trips. The first two round trips for me in, to Japan were in coach, and I was like, oh, boy. Well, okay, you're all in one piece, you know, relatively speaking. Me, I'm sort of, you know, this loose collection of parts in helmet <laughs> formation. So 14 hours in coach. Ow. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm already hopefully gunning for Japan sometime next year. If, if the situation, uh, with the pandemic normalizes and they reopen the borders, but it's still a long shot. I mean, if you would ask me now, it's not happening, but, um, but yeah, we can always dream about when we can go back and, uh, I'll probably at the very least go in what they call the premium economy cabin, which is a cross it's basically if economy and business class met somewhere in the middle, that's premium economy. I could probably do well on premium economy. I'll say it this way. I looked at the, at the widths of the premium economy seat and I'm going, that's what economy was 20 years ago. Yeah. Literally. If you check it out, premium economy is what economy used to be 20 years ago. Yeah. And of course that means economy is this, you know, (laughs) they slide you in there and you don't move for the 13 hours. Yeah. And that's what probably domestic first class is on Air Canada now. No. Oh, no? Okay. (laughs) I'll say this. Having done one Air Canada flight in first class, it's at least reasonable. Okay. Okay. Now, overseas is a completely different story. There in first class, yeah, you get all the perks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. But domestic domestic Air Canada first class, uh, it's not that much. But at least you you don't hurt. When you come off the plane, that's the thing. Right. True. E- economy in Air Canada, especially if you're going one end of the country to the other, you're going to hurt. <laughs> There's no way around that. You're going to hurt. Yeah. We'll, we'll, touch, we'll touch more on these travel topics on a future podcast, hopefully after we, fi- uh, we find a vaccine that works. Um, but uh, in the meantime, we'll just keep on plugging along with uh, – News about anime, Japanese culture, and all the various other potpourri that uh, our listeners come to expect from uh, folks like us and our guests. <laughs> so with that, Neff, um, if you know the updated closing commentary, uh, please proceed by all means. Okay. I'm going to try this, folks. This will be my first crack at it. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or complaints about this show or any other show you've heard on the Extreme Mario podcast, Drop us a line. You can, of course, hit us up at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can contact us through our various uh, social media pages, which you can access by going to Linktree, that's L I N K T R dot E E forward slash anime radio. There you'll find links to our podcast, to our live stream when we're on the air, uh, Extreme Anime Radio on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Twitter, the Sariosha Facebook page. And, of course, the chat room. And uh, here is a link for donations via PayPal to help us with our station expenses. So how did I do? I think that's uh, the wonderful gist. Uh, 
no no need to talk uh, link 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 just go to our link tree it's pretty easy so i think that worked out just fine okay and so uh for jr and myself uh i'm nef canuck and this has been the extreme on radio podcast and we will see you sometime in september good night september everybody. see you oh no in september uh, what we can't sing you know that Oh, no, no, we get in trouble. Exactly. Sorry. We'll just play the uh, royalty-free closing theme song. Go right ahead. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.